Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Josh Mario, my boy, with my boy Cam and Ton. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm stoked. Great Celtics win tonight. One win away from the finals. Just uh, the impossible dream is just uh, 24 minutes from reality. I mean, excuse me, 48 minutes from reality. And the final score was uh, within 13 points, and I think that's like it was never that close, kind of. Um, that's misleading. Very misleading. Celtics, the Celtics controlled that game from start to finish. Garbage time. A lot of garbage time baskets there from Rodney Hood and right. God Jose Calderon, Anti Zizich. I I kind of checked out like with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. You know it's bad when the broadcasters aren't saying a word about what's happening during the game, just the big picture and stuff like that. When so that's when you know the game is over, and the game was over. It's, you know, phenomenal performance tonight from Jason Tatum. I mean, it's unbelievable. What that kid's, I mean, I think about the fact that that kid's two years younger than me and I get depressed. I mean, he's 20 years old and he's out there dominating the NBA, scoring how many ever points tonight in the playoffs, 20-something again tonight. Unbelievable performance from Jason Tatum. And I didn't want to trade down from one. I wanted Markel Fultz last year at the draft. I couldn't have been more wrong. He is phenomenal to watch. He is a great talent. If he's just good now, I can't wait to see what he's going to be when he's in his prime. And uh, Tatum Tatum finished with 24. He was a plus 19. And Horford was incredible tonight. 15 points, a plus 22, 12 rebounds. Um, and another thing that I think Tatum's two blocks were uh, momentum stoppers for the Cavs. I agree. I mean, I agree. Tatum was phenomenal on both ends of the floor tonight. But, I mean... I know what we're going to hear tomorrow from the folks on the radio on both the Sports Hub and EEI is that, you know, um, LeBron James is out of it. And LeBron, I mean, I'll be fair. I think Jeff Van Gundy hit the nail on it. LeBron James looks exhausted. And I just think that all the minutes he's had to play at this postseason, at the level he's had to play this postseason, because with the exception of Kevin Love, he is surrounded by absolute garbage. I think it's just finally caught up to him. And he's been in the NBA fully half of his life. I just think all the, the the time he's played, the minutes he's playing, how long he's playing, the level he's playing at is catching up to him. I think LeBron's out of gas. And I, I, I would not be surprised if the Celtics win Friday night in Cleveland. I don't know if you saw him down in that Gatorade or Powerade. Uh, <laughs> but, I did but notice that. He had a bottle of water chugged into one gulp. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, I, I mean, I'd have to say he's, I, I think he's more gassed mentally than physically. I think it's just been like seeing like players Isaiah like Isaiah come in and Jay Crowder and stuff and they seeing them get shipped out. He's he's had like two different teams for the whole season, you know. I do. I mean he had a different he had a whole team to start the year and then Isaiah Thomas came back in the middle of January and obviously that didn't work. And obviously then apparently Isaiah Thomas had a very bad attitude about it. And uh, he was shipped off at the deadline of the Lakers. They got Nancy Clarkson. 
two players that I liked at the time. I still do. I think those are nice role players to have if your team's good enough. Like, if they were both in the Celtics, I think they'd both be decent role players. But when they're getting the minutes they're getting and the roles they're getting, it just, it's just too much for players like that. And then, obviously, Rodney Hood's fallen out of uh, favor with Ty Lue, as he should have, because Rodney Hood has struggled all postseason, and then he refused to go into a game at garbage time against the Raptors. And George Hill, I mean, George Hill and J.R. Smith, it feels like they're just four, like Mike Falgo said yesterday on the radio, they're two-year-old boys who want to be in their own beds. You get them in the Quicken Loans Arena, they get the, the crowd behind them and the PA announcer behind them, they'll give you 12 to 15 points, but you put them on the road, and they both suck. I mean, here's a surprising stat. I, I thought I thought Kevin Love was one of the better players on the court tonight, but he had the highest plus-minus in the minus category for the Cavaliers. He was a minus 23 tonight. You see, I, I don't find that surprising. Love did play pretty good offensively. I wouldn't say More good. I wouldn't half. say great. Right. I mean, in the first half, he was definitely locked in. I mean, you know, it's, this was a classic game with this Cavaliers team. They're two all-stars, their superstar and their star, tried to carry the team to victory, and they didn't have it tonight. And when those two are off, the Cavaliers have absolutely no chance. I mean, there's not much to speak of uh, as far as the rest of the stats go for the Cavs. They were they shot they shot 41.9 percent from the field. That's and actually higher Celtics, than the Celtics shot. <laughs> yeah, the Celtics shot 36.5. But we made more of our threes at a 33.3 percent clip, and the Cavs were at 26.5. And we made uh, we made way more free throws than them. Um, we were 21 for 23 at the line. 91.3%, and the Cavs were 12 of 19 on the line for 63.2%. That's going to be the destiny of the Cavaliers in the series. That is a very poor free-throw shooting team, and LeBron chief among them. For as great as LeBron is, in my opinion, LeBron's the second-greatest player of all time, as great and as dominant as he is, that has always been the one hole in his game. And that is always something that has irritated me, because to me that's a work ethic thing. I mean – I can shoot free throws. I'm sure you can shoot free throws. So it's like, I mean, but again, you know, we're not in an arena with 30,000 people screaming at us and stuff like that, obviously. But the Cavaliers are just, they're just not a mentally tough team. And I think LeBron is exhausted both physically and mentally. I know Kevin Love is mentally soft. He's just talented. And the rest of the team, when they're in the garden, in the Boston garden, they just, they shrink. Now I expect them to play well. Friday night back in Quicken Loans Arena in front of their home fans and everything like that. But I think so. I'm going to say right now, I think the Celtics won the series tonight. I really do. See, you said you got LeBron as number two of Dodd Setters. I, I still think uh, I still think he's got to pass Kobe. Um, Kobe's ultimately got those five rings, and you know Kobe's just he had Shaq riding along with him, but he also. I mean, his career can speak for itself. I mean, look, and Kobe's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. Far Kobe shooter. is far better shooter. Yes, but but LeBron does everything else better. LeBron's a better passer. LeBron's a better rebounder. LeBron's a better defender. Kobe is a better shooter. I think LeBron's a better scorer. He does everything else well. And I know Kobe's got five championships, but the first three, he was the second best player on his team. And when Kobe had. Uh, nobody on his team around him in between Shaq and Paul Gasol. He missed the playoffs. LeBron's got his team with nobody around him two wins away from the NBA Finals. And we saw the group 
that LeBron had in the finals three years ago when they first played the Warriors. And we saw the group that he willed to the finals against the Spurs when he was first in Cleveland 11 years ago. Kobe never did that. And that's why I have LeBron ahead of Kobe. Wow, yeah. Well, that that's fair. You know, I'm a huge LeBron James fan, absolutely. Um, let's switch gears here to the Patriots. Uh, what do you think about Brady not showing up and, and Gronk as well today? Well, I mean, Gronk, at least with Gronk, we know there's lightning in the town. Gronk is just contract-related, and they're going to solve that this week. They're going to give him a, a, a slight raise, which he deserves, and he'll be back. With Brady, I think he's handling it poorly, but I don't blame him. Brady's got every right to be angry right now between everything Belichick's did to him over this past couple of years between, excuse me, uh, throwing him under the bus on Deflategate. And then I think Bel- I think we can all agree that Belichick was the source behind the Seth Wickersham story, kicking his trainer off the sideline, benching Butler in the Super Bowl, which hurt Brady's legacy, another Super Bowl loss to another inferior quarterback. And I just think it's all added up, and Brady looks at Belichick with raised eyebrows now, and he's had enough. He doesn't want to deal with him unless he has to. I fully expect Brady to show up for mandatory minicamp in a week and a half. I absolutely expect Brady will be there for that. But I think if it's optional, if it's voluntary, and Brady doesn't have to be around Belichick, he's not going to be. And I don't blame him. I really don't. So do you think the Patriots are going to roll out of bed and – fall up in the AFC championship like they usually do? Um, yes, because the AFC is so horrendous. I mean, I mean, other than there is one team I view as a threat to this team in the AFC, and that's Jacksonville. I don't take Pittsburgh seriously as long as that guy's there. As long as Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh's head coach, I don't take them seriously. Now, the Patriots' schedule this year is tough. I don't get me wrong. I mean, they got the NFC North, and they got Detroit on the road. They have Green Bay and Minnesota at home, Detroit and Chicago on the road. Chicago is a non-factor. They'll take care of them easily. But facing Detroit on the road makes that a lot tougher than it would be at home. Detroit's a pretty damn good home team. That's going to be a tough game. They got the AFC South. Obviously, they'll be able to take care of the Colts pretty easily. But they have the Texans at home, and they have the Jaguars at home, and then they have the Titans on the road. And so I think those are three tough games right there. The Texans, as we've seen, when they get competent quarterback play, play this team very well. Uh, the Jaguars, we saw in the AFC Championship game, let's be honest, the Jaguars should have won that game. Just they got too conservative late. And then the Titans are a vastly improved team. They just signed two players away from the Patriots, so we motivated to beat them, and Deion Lewis and Malcolm Butler especially. So, I mean, look, they're going to get four, maybe even five guaranteed wins in, this, in the division. They obviously have a tough time in, my, in the road game in Miami, and sometimes they have a hard time playing the Jets on the road as well. But I fully expect an 11 and five or 12 and four season. But right now, I do not trust their defense because we saw in the Super Bowl when Nick Foles, of all people, is out there shredding you to pieces. If you face a, if you face just a good quarterback, what's going to happen then? I mean, they basically swapped Malcolm Butler out for Jason McCourty, and I don't know how well that's going to turn out. But I mean, they're virtually the same. I mean, look, Malcolm Butler had a down year last year. We all know that. But Malcolm Butler is a top ten corner in the league. Jason McCourty's not. So. Oh yeah. I like Jason McCourty because I mean, I mean, look, if, if he has the same DNA of his brother, then he's a consummate professional, takes the coaching, does the job well. Then I'm all for it. I like. I've always liked Jason McCourty. I'm happy they got him. He's a good player, but he's not as good as Malcolm Butler. That's not even really a debate. Absolutely. 
So other numbers to look at from this game, the Celtics had 10 steals, the Cavs had thir- three. Um, Cavs had more blocks than us, seven to six. Um, turnovers, that's that's kind of where they lost the game as well, the Cavs. They had 15 to our 10, and we crushed them in fast break points, 18 to two. And the fouls, you know, for people who want to bitch about the refs, the fouls were even 19 to 19. There you go. And I don't think any Celtics fan can bitch about the refs tonight. I mean, we we won that game straight up. No, they they won today. And to be fair, I don't know if you heard Zolak and Bertrand today when they went over the ref assignments of this game. These were two of the most even – these are three of the most even referees in the game. When you rank the home road scale from 1 to 67 of the 67 referees, they all three of them were in the 30s. So they were all right in the middle of the pack. And I think that showed. No team really got the benefit of the doubt on either call. No team got hosed. No team got benefited. I thought it was a fairly, very, very fairly even game, ref game. Yeah, and Tatum, Tatum just made big buckets. He was out there just shooting, or and he was also, you know, tentative at points. You know, I wanted him to be more aggressive, driving it to the hole. But um, at the at those points in the game, it was pretty much garbage time. So he was just wasting clock, but. I mean, this this kid is incredible. I I think he's, um, you know, I was a big fan. Well, I am, I still am a big fan of Paul Pierce, but I think he's going to turn into Paul Pierce and Chris Mannix. Uh, I don't know if you heard that on the pregame, but he said he said Tatum could turn into a twenty to thirty point a game score once he once he fills his body out. I agree with him. Jason Tatum, in my opinion. When he fills out and is in his prime, which we all deem is between the ages of 28 and 32, that's typically an athlete's prime. I believe Jason Tatum will be a top 10 player in the NBA. Oh, without hands down. like. I mean, he's 20 years old now, and you can make an argument he's already a top 30, 25 player in the league, as is Jalen Brown. I mean, I, I, was, down on, I was very down on Jalen Brown at the All-Star break because he went to the All-Star break playing very poorly. I, mean, I don't know if you remember the game against the Cavaliers and Paul Pierce Day. He scored one point. And he played like 28 minutes. So I was very down on Jalen Brown going into the All-Star break. But he has played phenomenal since. Right now, I don't want to trade either of those guys. because I think they're both very worthwhile building blocks going forward. Would it take the right guy for you to trade Brown? If they had to trade one of the two, I would trade Brown too. Because I believe that just Tatum has got more raw, pure ability than Brown does. I, I think I think Tatum just has a better shot overall. Just in oh, he absolutely season. does. So this is a, asked about these two. This is how I how I define them. Jalen Brown That's all. That's all you basically need to know. <laughs> yeah, Jalen's more of an you know athletic player, and, and Tatum, I think he's just more of that pure score. You know, Kobe mindset. Kobe's his favorite player. He said it. Kobe will be his favorite player for all time. Like Kobe is his favorite player. Now I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Kobe's series he's doing for ESPN detail, breaking down games. He did it. He focused on Tatum in game when he recapped game two of this series, and Tatum said he watched it twenty five times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. I I, I got to get on that. Like I got to download the ESPN app and watch that, or ESPN Plus, or whatever that it is. But um, 
you know, the Caps the Caps got the win tonight too, didn't they? Yes, they did. Four nothing over the Lightning, which I just uh, I mean, look, I mean, I guess every dog has his day. I mean, I'm not an Alex Ovechkin fan, but he does. He is a great player. He's been so for a long time. I guess you can say he deserves a championship, but this story that of the Vegas Golden Knights is just unbelievable. This is a team that everybody thought was going to suck for a decade, and here they are in their. First, I mean, look at the, the last NHL expansion. They brought Columbus and Minnesota in the league, and neither one of those teams have sniffed anything, and that was 18 years ago. And here we are in the Golden Knights' first year, and they're four wins away from the championship. If that's not the greatest story in sports history, maybe it's not. I mean, obviously the Miracle on Ice and teams like that will always be better. But it's up, it's it's right up there. And I think this is good for the league because when you look at other expansion teams, it feels like it's only a matter of time until Seattle gets a team. And then from Seattle, maybe they'll branch to Milwaukee. From Milwaukee, maybe they'll Seattle, branch back to the Seattle, a hockey team? Oh, the, uh, Josh, that's a, mer- that's a matter of uh, when, not if. The, the, the NHL said they wanted to expand to two cities. And it feels like it's almost a done deal that Seattle's going to get the second one. Wow, I think that's a terrible decision. I I think it should go to Milwaukee personally. <laughs> I think both of those cities are trash. Like, there's got to be somewhere else better that doesn't have a hockey team. Well, if you're well, going to get rid of if you're going to get rid of a team, it's got to be the Florida Panthers, right? Either them or the Arizona Coyotes. Get rid of both of those teams. I also, I know you're going to find this surprising. A team that I, a team that I would get rid of if I were the NHL is the New Jersey Devils. Wow. <laughs> but let's be honest. New York is not a hockey market. New York is a football. I mean, they've already have pretty much too much. They have two teams already: the Rangers and the Islanders. So, what do they need with New Jersey? Exactly. And New York is not a hockey city. It's not. It really isn't. I mean, when the Rangers or Islanders are good. It'll become a hockey city, but it's just not. I mean, they, they're Giants, Jets, Yankees, Mets, Knicks, Nets City. I mean, they're almost – the Rangers and Islanders are always on the back pages. So I just think New Jersey is just, is just a horrible business decision. And you know what's so fraudulent about the Jets and the Giants is that they play in East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> it's true. So they're basically New Jersey teams as well. It's true. New Jersey has plenty going on as far as that goes. That's um, for sure. Sox, the Sox got the win, 2-1 to one tonight. Joe Kelly pitched the eighth inning very strongly. Kimbrell got the, got the save. Very happy about that. I will uh, say this. Uh, this was a point made by Tony Maz uh, on the Baseball Reporters today, and I'm going to take it myself, and I think this is very accurate. J.D. Martinez has come here and has completely changed the Red Sox lineup. And, look, I was down on the signing. I didn't want him. I wanted Giancarlo Stanton. i still rather have Stanton if you're talking about long term. But I will say this. I underestimated Martinez. Martinez is as complete as a hitter as there is in baseball. And I believe in the fact this guy might be kind of like David Ortiz because this guy was released by a team. This guy was left for dead. This is a guy that nobody wanted in the off season, and he's and right now he might he he's going to finish second in AL MVP voting if the season ended tonight to his teammate Mookie Betts. So I just like and I I believe in that intangible and that chip on your shoulder of a guy that's been given up on, and we've seen it so many times between JD Martinez released, David Ortiz released, 
And the perfect example, if you want to compare a guy who was left for dead and given up on versus a guy who was a number one overall pick, told how great he was from a young age and can't take criticism and does not know how to perform and grind his way through situations, the two greatest quarterbacks of our lifetime. One was the first overall pick who was told how great he was, son of a former quarterback, great player, couldn't find his way out of a clutch situation, always threw poorly timed interceptions, and couldn't handle criticism. The best quarterback of our lifetime was a sixth-round pick, had to fight for everything to become the player he was, and I believe in that intangible. And I don't even need to say the names, Josh. You know exactly who the two players I'm talking about are. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, another another player I'd like to see step up a little more is Hanley Ramirez. I mean, he's batting 266 on the year, a slug in 414, six home runs, 29 RBIs. He's 34. He's played since he was 21. Um, I think I think I think we got a year or two left in him, and you know, he might be one of those players who heats up when the when the weather gets warmer. Um. That's what Hanley typically Hanley typically takes off in the summer, in, and we saw it two years ago. I mean, two years ago at the All-Star break, he had five home runs. He finished the year with 32. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's nuts, man. Like, there's, there's, Besides our bottom third of our lineup, we are stacked one through six. I will say this. If the Boston Red Sox get a reliable setup man or two in the, for the middle part of that relief, they – have the talent to win a World Series because they are that talented. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm I'm just trying to look up uh, Andrew Benintendi's uh, age right now. I know he's he's really young, and you know he hasn't performed as well as I thought he he would this season either. But well, you know, you know, there's going to be cold there's going to be cold streaks. As great as J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts have been, there's going to come a time where they're going to go four for 20 over a course of a few games. So there's going to be cold streaks. It's going to happen. Hanley got off to a great start, but he's cooled off. Benintendi got off to a great start, but he's cooled off. My biggest problem with Benintendi is his base running. When he gets on the base pass, his brain falls to mush. <laughs> he's only hitting to one double play this year. That's an incredible stat. Wow. Boy, he's fast. But only three, I mean, five home runs, 29 RBIs. I guess that's nothing to bitch about. But uh, 278 batting average, he, he's got to pick that up. He's got to be around 300. And I he's agree. Only 20, he's only 23. I mean, he's not a guy we can give up on, especially with uh, especially with no salary cap in baseball. I think one of the problems with the Red Sox is that they uh, they take their – you know, luxury tax and all that crap, way too much into consideration. Well, Josh, there are severe penalties now. For going, if they go over the luxury tax by even so much as I think it's $10 million, they would lose draft picks, they'd lose international signing money. There are extreme ramifications now for going over the luxury tax, so I don't blame them for wanting to stay under it. Oh, wow, I thought it was just money ramifications. I didn't know it was like losing draft picks and stuff. It is now. That just changes the, the. There's no team in baseball this year in the luxury tax. The Red Sox have the highest payroll in baseball. There is no team in baseball in the luxury tax this year. Well, I mean, some people are saying that JD Martinez is going to be a steal for us for these five seasons. We signed him to uh, what was it? Five years or uh, five, yeah, five years, one ten or 
Right. Remember, he's had player options after both the second, third, and fourth seasons. I think he's going to opt in. I hope he does. I mean, I mean, it it just really depends on how he's performing. Like I said, as of right now, it's been a great signing. I just didn't want to give him a seven-year, two hundred twenty-five million dollar deal. Oh no way! And they and they didn't. They got him for a short-term deal, and it's paid off with huge dividends to this point. What do you think about the catching situation? Should we should we uh, should we trade for someone? Should we move Swihart in there or? Should we just keep it the way it is with Vasquez and Leon? I don't mind it the way it is because I don't need offense from catcher. I just just be just a steady defensive hand back there. I mean, look to, to be fair, right now they have three black holes at the bottom of their lineup between Nunez, catcher, and Bradley. But Pedroia is about to come back. That'll help a little bit. So I don't need a change there. I really don't. Yeah, Nunez has been atrocious at second base. That, that's I mean, that's just Pedroia. You can always count on defensively. Right, it's a matter of will he stay healthy. <laughs> and I, you know, it, it, I'm kind of, I kind of hope that he. I don't know what what date he's supposed to come back or something, but you know, I would, I wouldn't mind moving him and uh, playing probably Holt at second base, uh, especially if we can move him, Pedroia, if he plays well for like a a really solid bullpen arm or a really solid starter. You know, I, it, I don't know what... Josh, you, I don't know. You're not... Go ahead. You're not going to be able to trade for Joy. He's got... First of all, he's got a bad contract. Second of all, he's injury-prone. Third of all, he's got a, he's got 10-5 rights because of his service time, and he would have to approve the trade. Pedroia is not going anywhere. I also think the Red Sox owners are too much of pink hats to to trade them away either. They, you know, they they know. Yeah, Pajori's like, meant too much to them. Pajori's been here for two championships. He's been a lifelong Red Sox. He's been here his whole career. I don't think. I mean, Pajori obviously had a bad year last year, both in terms of performance and how he looked in the public eye. Between can I go home and then uh, yelling that Manny Machado that that's not me, it's them, and that's what uh, really pissed me off. Applauding David Price for uh, berating Dennis Eckersley on the plane, and then if you, I don't know if you remember this in the last game of the playoffs, he got John Farrell ejected because Pedroia wouldn't shut up because he was just screaming at an umpire Farrell to go out there and get between him and the umpire, and Farrell got ejected. John Farrell's last act as Red Sox manager was getting thrown out of a game because it doesn't Pedroia. But I will say this: I don't think Pedroia is a problem. I don't think he's the solution, but I don't think he's a problem. I think he will go with how the rest of that clubhouse goes. And last year, they followed the lead of David Price, who is not a leader, who is bitchy, who is sensitive. And that's what that team turned into. So I don't think Pedroia is a problem. If you have a leader in that clubhouse who knows how to lead the team and keep everybody focused, Pedroia will follow suit, stay well in line, because he's not a leader. He's a follower. And he will follow the leader no matter which path he goes down. So I don't mind Pedroia coming back to this team. Pedroia is still a good player when he's healthy. I don't think he's the problem, but I just don't think he's the solution. Yeah, I mean, defensively, he'll definitely be one of the solutions. You know, it's just it's just about if he if he'll stay out there. And you know, I'm trying to look up. I don't know if you uh, mess around with the San Francisco Giants at all. You know, I'm just trying to figure out like. What would I don't know like what bullpen arms we could even look at right now? Like, 
I haven't been keeping up too much with baseball, but I know the Giants, they have all that talent that they just acquired, and, and, and Evan Longoria, Andrew McCutcheon, and they're 24 and 26. Like, I mean, the real disappointment this year has been the Dodgers. Look at them. Yeah, the Dodgers, too. They, you know, I mean, the the Giants have Brandon Crawford, you know, Posey. He played DH, like. You know, I think I think I think they're right for a trade right now. And, I do too. So you can get in there and buy low on one of their relievers. And they've got to have some good guys out there. You know, the National League. You know, they there's some. I haven't been able to keep up baseball that much, but sometimes I watch quick pitch on MLB Network. But it's crazy, man. It's it's hard to keep up with all the with all the players now. And, you know, back to the Celtics, I, I didn't think this game was going to be as, as as a blowout as it was, you know, not even considering the final score. I thought I thought this would be a much closer game within 10 points. And, I mean, know, we're LeBron, through five ge- LeBron just checked through, out. He, he did. LeBron's exhausted. We're through five games in this series, and we had, and we had to have a game decide. We've yet to really have a, a close game. I mean, I, I know the, the margin of victory for the Cavaliers in Game Four was only nine points, but we all know that was deceiving. So we, I mean, there's been between the two conference finals, there's been one competitive game, and that was that incredible game last night between the Rockets and Warriors. I mean, what a game that was! I know I missed it. I missed it, but I, I plan on. Is that are they on tomorrow? Yes, they are. Game Five in Houston series tied two two. Nine o'clock. Yes. Oh wow! All right, so I'm gonna have to be tuned in to that one. All right, Josh, listen. I'm... Go ahead, man. Uh, I'm I'm getting pretty tired, man. So we're gonna have to wrap this up in a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. I feel you, man. We'll, we'll wrap it up right now. Um, you, you can know, give so, your final oh, word first. Yeah, go ahead. No, you can go. You can give yours first. My final word is is, is I'm just like I'm kind of stunned at how. You know, I know I know the home teams have done well this series and that it's that's been all about that, but you know, Rosier didn't have didn't even have the greatest game he could have and I you know I just hope that this this we need to win game six. I don't think it's as much about LeBron that as as people are making it out to be in game seven, but I think it'll just be better off getting us some rest and, and you know, winning game six and you know, if it's a grind out game we have to grind it out, but you know, I think that series should end and will end before the Rockets and Warriors. It will. The Rockets and the Warriors are all likely are gonna go are gonna go to seven games. I think the series is too, but my final uh my final word will be this. Um I don't say this very often because I think this group of people I'm about to uh, commend are a bunch of cheap, conniving, backstabbing, bad people. But today, to the NFL owners, I tip my hat and I give you a round of applause. I think they absolutely nailed this rule about the national anthem, giving teams the option about whether they want to come out for the anthem or not. And if you do come out, you must stand. I think they nailed it. You're not forcing anybody to do anything they don't want to do. This, if you're going to come out and stand on the sideline, be respectful. Didn't violate anybody's First Amendment rights. 
You didn't do anything like that. You put a perfect rule in place, and I commend you for it greatly, which I respect, and I think it's a great rule, and I'm happy to see something done about it because, frankly, the uh, anthem protests were getting very annoying. Sickening. Sickening. But all right, Cam. It's nice talking to you, man. Uh, we'll talk soon. All right. I'll, uh, Absolutely. I'll, talk to you later. I will, uh, I'll hit up Murray soon, and we'll see if we can get we can get him on next episode. All right. I'll. Uh, I'm gonna end this and um, try to upload it as soon as possible. Sounds good, man. Have a good night. All right, brother. You too. See. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.